One of the greatest problems with mixed martial arts is the so-called unified rules. Individual state commissions slightly amending clauses here and there has caused mass confusion, and even the experts can't seem to agree on how some rules are meant to be enforced or interpreted. With that in mind, today we're going to take a look at 10 unusual circumstances where rules and rulings we rarely see in the sport were enforced in unexpected ways, resulting in a lot of angry fighters being punished, losing cash, and in some cases getting wins taken away from them. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 rarely enforced rules that ruined fighters' nights. Hey! Number 10. Exiting the Cage, Yoel Romero vs. Chris Weidman UFC 205 was a huge deal for the promotion because it would mark their first show after years of campaigning to legalize MMA in New York. The state was the last in the union to allow mixed martial arts, mainly due to corrupt politicians and a bunch of chefs, but that's another story for another time. The point I'm trying to make here is that the New York State Athletic Commission was new, and wow did they suck at their job. One of their first big what-the-fuck moments was the random enforcement of something most fans didn't even realize was a rule. After nearly beheading Chris Weidman with a flying knee on the card's featured bout, Yoel Romero terrified marched around the outside of the cage, and as a result of leaving the octagon before the decision was officially rendered, God's Soldier would be suspended for two months. You would think such a strange case would deter any more such post-fight cage exiting, but five pay-per-views later, at UFC 210, Charles Oliveira did the same thing following his first-round submission of Will Brooks, and met the same fate as Romero, a two-month suspension. Considering the brawl following UFC 229 in Vegas, though, maybe they were justified. In fact, it was after that debacle that Nevada commission would hit Pedro Munoz with a $2,500 fine for exiting the cage after he KO'd Cody Garbrandt. Better stick to backflips, guys. Actually, number 9. Unprofessional Conduct, Justin Gaethje vs. Brian Foster in the state of Colorado, you can smoke weed, but don't you dare backflip. Justin Gaethje's signature celebration of diving backwards off the cage and nearly killing himself every single time is a fan favorite. But going into his lightweight title defense against Brian Foster at WSOF 29, the Colorado State Boxing Commission told the superstar specifically that he was not allowed to do the flip should he win the fight. After chopping down Foster with a leg kick TKO a minute 43 into the first, Gaethje said fuck Colorado and did a backflip anyway. As a result of his insubordination, Justin was suspended indefinitely, as in we don't know how long we're going to put you on the shelf, but it might be forever. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I think backflipping off the cage is stupid. Remember when Darian Caldwell nearly killed that camera operator at Bellator after backflipping off the cage? And Michael Chandler following his UFC debut, he jumped like 19 feet into the air and scared Dana White half to death because that's a great way to tear literally everything that is terrible in the lower half of your body. All that said, though, suspending someone and calling it unprofessional conduct is a bit much. Colorado eventually agreed with me Ariel Helwani's lifetime ban was longer, Gagey's suspension would be lifted the following day. Number 8. Illegal Ingestion, Greg Hardy vs. Ben Sassoli Former NFL player Greg Hardy was having a good night at UFC on ESPN6, following a rocky promotional debut that would end in a DQ loss to Alan Crowder for an illegal knee. Hardy strung together two first-round TKO finishes, and on this night against Ben Sassoli, he would earn his first-ever unanimous decision win, showing that he could, in fact, compete for more than 90 seconds. But the Prince of War, as he calls himself, even though nobody else does but Bruce Buffer because he has no choice, may not have demonstrated his longevity in the cage. He may have had a bit of outside assistance in the form of 
of an inhaler. It's not a question, actually. Right before the third round, Greg took a hit of that sweet, sweet corticosteroid. According to Hardy, he didn't really need it, but took it as he was at a, quote, breathing disadvantage because of his asthma condition. While USADA is fine with the use of an inhaler, they never would have told a fighter they could start puffing on one in the middle of a fight. Some guy in Massachusetts apparently said it was just fine, though, as the commission representative was asked right before the incident if it was cool. The fight would be overturned and ruled a no contest. The War Prince hinted at filing an appeal, but never did. The only reason this one isn't higher on the list is because, well, who the hell has ever even tried this? Of course you can't do that. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Number seven, missing weight, Tiago Alves versus Jim Miller. There are deterrents in place in mixed martial arts that would make a fighter think twice about missing weight, or at the least put forth as good an effort as possible to make it. There is officially the loss of a percentage of the fighter's purse, usually 20%. There are rules in place about how much more the fighter can weigh on fight day itself. Title opportunities can be taken away, championships themselves stripped should the reigning defending come up a bit heavy on the scales, and of course unofficially there is the shame and ridicule that comes from the MMA community and a fighter's peers for what is truly one of the only faux pas next to fake love touches that are nearly universally frowned upon in the sport. New York State, they have a better idea. How about you don't fight at all for a while after you miss weight? Now that night, of course, you're more than welcome, but after that, it's going to be a minute. Tiago Alves weighed in for his bout with Jim Miller at UFC 205, a bit shy of the lightweight limit, 162.9 pounds. The former welterweight title challenger cited food poisoning as the reason, but New York was having none of it, suspending the fighter for three months following the bout. You know what's worse than missing weight, though? Not weighing in at all. Knowing he would be a speculated 10 pounds over, Kelvin Gastelum on the same card opted to not even bother. He would be suspended for six months. However, the ban would be lifted a month later, following the payment of a $2,000 fine as a compromise. Money solves everything, kids. Number six, disorderly conduct, Corey Anderson versus Johnny Walker. There's levels to celebrating. There's levels. Corey Anderson shook up the world, or at the very least, MMA Twitter, when he TKO'd Johnny Walker in just two minutes, seven seconds in their prelim bout at UFC 244 in good old New York, New York. Are you beginning to see a pattern here? It was a fantastic performance and capped off a four-fight winning streak, thrusting overtime into the potential title picture. Anderson was the underdog as Walker was surging, and he felt disrespected, so he was understandably a bit fired up immediately following the stoppage. He was doing some talking to Walker, who was out on his feet, and swam his arm over the referee who was pushing him away, but at no point did it look like Anderson was in any way assaulting the referee or even trying to really get back over to Walker. He was just fired up. We've seen celebrations like this a whole bunch of times, and they don't result in a single problem for the fighter. But remember, we're in New York, and as a result of his aggressive celebrating, Anderson was hit with a violation deemed unsportsmanlike and disorderly conduct. Now, what might you think a reprimand like that would warrant? A few hundred dollars in fines, maybe even just some kind of official warning, or a 15-day symbolic suspension? How about $10,000? Now that's a lot of damage! Yes, for celebrating just a bit too hard, Corey would have to give up 10 Gs. There goes 20% of that performance bonus. Mind your celebrations in the Empire State. Number 5. 12 to 6 Elbows, John Jones versus Matt Hamill. If we only knew how this disqualification would come to haunt us over the years, fans cannot go a single John Jones fight without someone, usually Joe Rogan, explaining that Jones is actually undefeated and that his only loss is because of a terrible rule about 12 to 6 elbows that was created because of brick-breaking demonstrations at martial arts shows. Seriously, every single time he fights we get this explained. I'm sure it's fascinating as hell for someone hearing it the first time, but on the 17th rundown of what happened, it loses a bit of its intrigue. Steve Mazzagatti, what have you done? JBJ was fighting 
fighting Matt Hamill on the Tough Heavyweights finale. This was just his fourth fight in the UFC, so he wasn't exactly a star yet. Late in the first, Jones is completely dismantling the hammer and looking to seal the deal from the mount, raining down hellfire. Then he throws two 12-6 elbows, and the fight is stopped to presumably take a point. But there's a problem. Matt's completely done for, and since some damage was caused by those two elbows, the fight was ruled a disqualification victory for Hamill. Now, here's the thing. Jones did do 12-6 elbows, and they are illegal, but the outcome of the fight was not in question anymore. In fact, it probably should have been stopped earlier. Despite a few mentions about trying to get the loss overturned by the UFC and JBJ, the stupid loss remains to this day. Number 4. Head Strikes to a Downed Opponent, Tim Means versus Alex Oliveira the circumstances of our next entry were so rare that neither the commentary team nor Mark Ratner, the UFC's vice president of regulatory affairs and former executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, had any idea what the hell was going on. At UFC 207, Tim Means had Alex Oliveira up against the cage in a bit of a bad spot, down on a single knee. It was at this point that the Dirty Bird threw a couple nasty knees to the head, prompting Dan Mergliata to stop the fight. Upon replay, Rogan and Goldie pointed out that there was only a single point of contact with the mat, that being the knee, and so the strikes should have been considered legal. They brought on Ratner, who confirmed their position. Oliveira was in no condition to continue, so everyone assumed this would be a TKO win for Means. Incorrect. The fight was ruled a no contest. Here's where things get really confusing. A single knee touching the ground alone is a downed opponent. It has always been so, whether you're talking about the old unified rules or the new ones. It's just such a rare case that even Ratner was confused about what the ruling should be, but it's clearly written into the definition of a downed opponent. Where this gets bizarre is the no contest ruling for accidental knees. Oh, is that what those were? He slipped and accidentally kneed his opponent in the head twice? The fight should have been considered a DQ win for the Brazilian Cowboy. What an absolute mess. Number 3. The Replay Rule, Mike Rodriguez versus Ed Herman. The state of Nevada recently added a rule that allows referees to use replay and consult other officials in a timeout situation. In the past, if there was a usage of replay, the fight was over. When Mike Rodriguez landed a big knee that dropped immortal Ginger Ed Herman late in the second round of their bout at UFC Vegas 10 last September, referee Chris Tyone was quick to jump in on what looked to be the finish of the fight. But as he explained it with a single word, nuts. As in the knee was an accidental low blow, and Herman was given time to recover. When the sequence was shown again on the broadcast, however, it was very apparent that unless Ed Herman's balls are in his solar plexus, no foul was committed. Short Fuse sold it like a prime Val Kilmer and was given considerable time to recover. Mark Ratner chimed in on this one as well and said that a replay would stop the fight. Again, even the UFC's own people are confused about these rules. Ultimately, because of the referee discretion rule, no replay was even done and the fight continued. Michael Bisping then pondered on commentary, Can you imagine if Ed Herman comes out strong now and gets a finish? Herman would get the finish in the third round with a Kimura. Dana White was not happy, awarding Rodriguez his win bonus even though he lost. The fighter appealed the official outcome, but was denied even having a hearing by the state of Nevada. Who watches the Watchmen? Number 2. Intelligent Defense, Jake Ellenberger versus Jorge Masvidal. What is intelligent defense? It's a topic brought up a lot in mixed martial arts and is often the subject of ridicule by fans and fighters alike. Is a thumbs up intelligent defense? Is turtling up and waiting for an onslaught to let up? How about something unusual? How about your foot getting stuck in the cage? Ask Jake Ellenberger because he was fighting Jorge Masvidal pre-Street Jesus status in the feature bout of the Tough 24 finale in 2016 when late in the first round, the juggernaut would slip and get his foot caught between the mat and the cage. Gamebred saw this as an opportunity to throw a few relatively 
inconsequential punches at his opponent's head, forcing Herb Dean to stop the action. One would assume to allow Ellenberger the chance to free his foot and continue the fight, which is what Dean intended, but when he was told that it could not be considered a cage malfunction and that the bout could not be restarted, the decision was official. A no contest, right? Nope, TKO victory for Masvidal. After all, Jake couldn't intelligently defend himself. Commentator Brian Stan sounded like his brain was about to explode from confusion. Ellenberger would appeal the decision officially, but guess what happened? Insac shut that shit down, finding no issue with the ruling whatsoever. What a joke. Number 1. Accidental Low Blows, Thiago Tavares vs. Robert Watley We've seen this particular scenario play out plenty of times in mixed martial arts. A fighter takes a really hard low blow shot. In this case, Tiago Tavares got a shin directly to the junk by Robert Watley at the start of the second round of their PFL 2 bout. And as we've seen play out many times, the fighter's given five minutes to recover before the bout will need to be restarted. In the case of Tavares, this was a particularly nasty shot, and so unfortunately the five minutes simply would not be enough to fully recover. He would have to withdraw from the bout, a more rare occurrence of course, but we all know what that means, and so does Robert Watley, who is on his knees with his head down, because the bout is going to be ruled either a no contest or DQ loss, depending on how the referee sees the intentionality of the kick. At least, that's how this situation normally goes. In this instance, though, Joe Martinez would announce Watley the winner of the fight via TKO, and no, Joe didn't make a mistake, he never makes mistakes. The baffled commentary team trying to understand what just happened contemplated that it was because Robert was up on points in the first round, but they were wrong. You see, in Illinois, all groin shots are considered accidental. Doesn't matter how blatant it is, and if a fighter cannot continue, the commission has deemed that the fight should be called a TKO victory for the fighter who kicked the other person in the junk. What in the actual fuck? This is written into their rules. Section 137630 C2B3. This was never overturned, by the way. This is still a legitimate win. So if you're ever fighting in Illinois, immediately kick your opponent in the dick as hard as you can for a quick victory. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.